Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. You have come to the most awesome show in the universe. This is the First Amendment talk show. I am your host, Ace, and uh, today we're going to talk about something very important that um, touches all of us, that uh, pretty much affects all of us. Um, I have a special guest here. Um, I've had him in prior episodes, and we spoke about the state of the world and what is affecting the world today. Uh, please help me welcome Strider once again. Strider, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. So, uh, so Strider, what do you, uh, what do you think? I guess let me ask you this. Uh, what do you? Let me start off with this because um, a lot of people are debating about this quite a bit uh, when it comes to uh, us adults vaccinating our children. Um, would you agree with you know the vaccination of children, or where, where do you stand? Based on the data we have, no. <laughs> do you so so do you think do you think um because see they're 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 pushing they're pushing this a lot they're pushing this on i mean anywhere any radio station that you that you listen to for a long time in uh um in southern california at least you know they have these commercials where it's saying they say that you know you've been a good parent for you know so far and basically congratulating you for being a good parent mm-hmm and then they pretty much, uh, you know, go ahead and say, if you want to, since you've been a great parent, go ahead and vaccinate your children since you're such a great parent. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this is pretty much uh, part of part of a part of a, a bigger picture or do you think that this is actually necessary? Like, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll expand on the last question um, and then I'll, I'll move on to that one. Um, so. The, the reason I say that, you know, one of the things I was talking about last time is that, um, you know, I like to look at the data, right? Um, and that's, you know, a lot of the reports that have been coming in. And um, and also, what does it say? You know, what does it say, especially about different things, right? In this case, um, you know, we're saying children, and I'm assuming we're talking about children, maybe let's say 12 and under, right? Or 10 and under. Right. Um, because that's like elementary kids and elementary school kids. I'm sure you could say all the way up to high school, but um, we're, it's really like the smaller kids that they're really, um, a lot of these school districts are really um, pushing. They're pushing to get kids uh, all juiced up, you know? Right. And there's two, there's two ways of looking at this. So on one hand, um, the way that these schools are framing it, right? They're saying, well, these kids need to get vaccinated because um, COVID's so dangerous and it's affecting these kids so, so much that they have to get vaccinated. And the reasoning for it is like, well, anyone that takes their kids to schools already have to vaccinate their kids for other things, right? Um, I don't have children, but I think um, there's there's quite a few things that you have to vaccinate your kids for, right? Whether it's measles or whatever. There's like a, depending on the district, um, they say that there's quite a few things you got to check off the box before these kids can go to school. Um, granted, there's ways around it, right? Religious exemptions and whatever. Um, ultimately, it's, at least for right now, it's in the hands of the parents. Um, but these schools are saying you have to do it, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic and you have to do it. Otherwise, these kids can't go to school. And the alternative, in fact, not even the alternative, but 
the way that they're framing this now is like, you know, your kids have to be juiced up. Um, we don't know what that means. If that means the first and second dose of like the Moderna vaccine, let's say, and any booster after that until when, till the end of time, I don't know. They, these, these people in charge, whether it's districts or politicians never seem to give like an end date to this, which that's another story that, that always concerns me, but you know, we'll get to that. But this is the way they framed it, right? That you have to do it because it's so dangerous that if these kids don't get this, then they're basically going to die, right? Well, the way I look at it is what does the data say? You know, like I said before, we have two years worth of data on this now at this point. And I could tell you just from what I've read, and I'm talking about CDC's own reports. Um, I try not to listen to a lot of the media that it's really all opinion based. And believe me, if you've ever read any of those fact check websites, they're such garbage. Like they're they're usually um, they try to twist words around. <laughs> um, and many of them have been taken to court because of that. It's another story. But anyways, um, you know, you look at the data and you say, well, are kids the most vulnerable because you know, of course, they've been pushing this uh, for adults, right, at many uh, at, at different companies, right, like Hershey's, for example, they were pushing this. Um, but the question is, how has it been looking for kids? Are kids the ones that are just as vulnerable as an adult? The straight answer is no. In fact, kids, especially under 12, are the least vulnerable population. You know, I had an argument with someone about this and I was saying like, look, we've already known, we knew from year one that kids were basically, this is not the Spanish flu. You know, when the Spanish flu happened a hundred years ago, um, kids and young people were basically the most vulnerable. Right now, it's the opposite. You have people usually over 50, 60 and up plus, mostly. Um, and it always depends on how many comor comorbidities you have as well but they're the most vulnerable. We've known this for a while now, but they're treating children in the same light. So the question is, should we even bother to do it if we know it doesn't even really affect them that much? And I think based on the data, no, not at all. You know, we see that most kids are recovering from this. Um, I mean, almost at an exponential rate above adults, right? I remember... Um, I remember when this thing was kicking off, right? You know, you had all these kids that were uh, being forced to wear masks and they were forced to be uh, working from home, you know, doing school from home and all these things. And, you know, the, the whole reason was that, well, we don't want these kids to get sick. We don't want uh, COVID to pass from their parents to their kids or the other way around. Um, two years later, we know that none of that worked. People got sick regardless. We knew this 100 years ago, too, during the Spanish flu, but apparently we didn't learn it. But anyways, um, you know, the thing was that based on all of this right now, it's really unnecessary. Um, you know, I, I got an argument with someone once that was saying like, well, yeah, kids are still dying. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But again, we've we're forgetting that people die from literally anything. <laughs> you know, one of the if you ever go on the CDC website. I recommend anywhere, anyone do it. Um, they actually list by age range the things that kill people the most. 
And for children, COVID was not on that list at all, really, like in the top 10. You know what one of the most dangerous things for children is in America? One of the deadliest things that one of the things that kids die from the most falling furniture. You never think so. But, you know, kids, you know, they're frail, they're small, they're, <laughs> they're not as strong as you and I as adults. And uh, that kills quite a few kids from toddlers all the way up to, you know, middle school age and, and even up. Right. And so when you see things like this, you go like, well, if we don't really make a stink of this for things that are more deadly, right? Like more kids die from car accidents than they do from COVID. Then why do we make a big old stink? Why are we stopping the economy? Why are we preventing them from going to school? Because we think this is going to kill them. Well, you know, obviously it's, it's always that old question, the old Latin phrase, right? Qui bono? Who benefits? Well, we know in a lot of ways that school unions um, have been involved with uh, a lot of the, the rules that have been passed by the CDC. They've set the template. This came out about a year and a half ago that they were almost directly involved uh, with a lot of the policies that were being made. And um, a lot of it had to do with money and quite a few other things. But, you know, I know I've gone off on a little rant there, but yeah, it's it's actually it's actually really not beneficial. Um, you know, we're seeing now two years into this, kids being masked, for example, it's really messing up kids' speech patterns. It's messing up uh, their social life. You know, kids learn based on like looking at other people's faces, for example. This is one of those things that on that end has been bad, but now we want to juice them up too. And I've questioned the vaccine for a long time, mainly because well, we don't know the long-term effects. You know, the some of the vaccines that have come out over the last few years, um, most of them that have come out, let's say for yellow fever or whatever, they've been around for a long time. So we know basically what the issue is with those. Um, and most of the doctors that you, you get it from will tell you what it is. But this thing was developed in under a year. Um, we don't know what the long-term side effects are. We're seeing side effects now, of which are reported all the time on the VARES website, which you know we can get to if you'd like. But we know that this is affecting kids and young people, especially with myocarditis and pericarditis. In fact, the CDC just the other day finally admitted that there's a chance that you could get it as a kid, right, getting the vaccine. Well, they never bothered to tell anyone this for a long time or even admit it. And we knew it was a, it was a risk. So here we go. So anyways, long story short, um, I don't think it's really necessary at this point. Um, you know, this thing has kind of made its run through the, through the whole world. In fact, there was a report the other day that um, I think it was from the, the WHO, take it for what it is, but they were saying that they believe about 95% of the world has already had this thing in some form or another. And, um, you know, here we are, we're still pushing this thing. And we know that over time, right, the more times you're exposed to it, every variant after that, for the most part, will not be as deadly. Um, but yeah, I think kids are, are being used as a pawn right now. And it's, uh, it's pretty sad. It's really, really sad. I feel bad for kids more than anything right now. Um, 
but I, I'm not too sure. I don't know if uh, if you guys out there in Strider, you guys have heard of um, the whole the whole uh, the whole dilemma of uh, you know parents going to the school board meeting and getting into arguments with them, and all of a sudden, you know, they pretty much targeted parents as uh, as terrorists, right? I mean, they didn't they didn't target you know the riots that Antifa and BLM were when they were burning up down buildings and stuff as terrorists, but yet they consider parents who are standing up for their own kids as terrorists. And I can go either way with this one, but um, do you think this is connected to, 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 to what they're trying to do to our children? Like the, you know, parents, children that are going to public schools, do you think that's part of the, the, uh, the manipulation that they're trying to create? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a big, that there's a big part of that, right? Um, you know, like I say, like I, I um, like in my normal job, you know, like I'm an engineer, and so I, I don't really care a lot of times, like what, like how someone feels when it comes to something, right? I I need to see the numbers, because the numbers tell you, you know, what the story is, the complete story. Um, you know, it's pretty unbiased when it comes to that. So when it comes to like something like this, right, um, it is interesting. It is interesting to see, you know, like kids being used as such a pawn, you know, like especially in, in the things that have been happening these last two years. You know, a lot of kids have not been around each other. It's it's really sad. It's really sad to see, you know, I, I one of my friends at the beginning of this thing, she sent me a picture. Um, her daughter is um, or her son is. I think five years old right now. He had just started kindergarten when this thing kicked off. And she sent me a picture. She's like, look at my son. And it was a picture from the iPad his school in LA gave to him. And uh, he's like asleep. And you see all the other kids on the on the screen. They're falling asleep. One of them's eating breakfast. You know, some of them, their monitors turned off. And it's just like, how is this helpful to kids? You know? That's that to me is one of the first things I look at, right? Like, even if this was, um, you know, as bad as they say it is, you know, is this going to be something that like kids can look back on and be like, yeah, I still got my education, right? I still learned my times tables or whatever. Well, it doesn't seem like it because we're having a lot of problems, right? I think there's a lot of problems like on the subsurface that are starting to bubble up and we're going to see the problems with this you know, down the road, you know, one of my, uh, one of my friends, his, uh, his, his friend's wife, she's a teacher in I think Orange County. And I remember we were having dinner one time and uh, she showed up. It was the first time I ever met her. And she was talking to one of my friends about, you know, what was happening at the time. And she was teaching middle school and she said, you know, this is, it's so messed up what's going on right now. She said, you know, we found out and this was coming out all over Southern California. I'm sure this is the same issue uh, in places that had the same types of lockdowns. Probably saw the same thing in New York and everything. You know, everyone's all these kids are working from home, right? Or learning from home. And she said, you know, it's it's a disaster. You know, we're teaching these kids that um, we're telling them, like, log into this class at this time, you know, and uh, and you're going to learn this stuff regardless not the same as being there for sure and she realized that just in a short amount of time a lot of kids were not logging in 
you know, a lot of kids were not even approaching. And they were told from the district level that regardless of whether the kids logged in or not, even if the kids were logging in and were absolutely, absolutely failing the class, they were not allowed to fail any kids. So everyone's getting pushed through regardless of how good or bad they are. This is going to be a mess down the road, right? And my question is, well, who does this benefit? Because it's not going to benefit the kids. The whole reason these schools revolve, right, is that it's to teach these kids and to prepare them for the future. And uh, I think that's a disaster in itself. So you're saying, Strider, that... um... I'm sorry. Let, let me let me just ask you this before we we continue. Um, you're saying that people are getting paid to monitor children logging in, and they're getting paid, you know, so and so, so and so, you know, such and such money, just to see if kids are logging in, and that's it. And so they're still getting the way, paid like regular people. The the way. The way she uh, described it was that, you know, every class has like a set number of students, right, for uh, for the beginning of the year, let's say 50 students. And so the way she said that it was going on is that they expect these students to be there. Well, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I grew up in L.A. And uh, when I was going to school, they used to tell us, like, you had to be here at school. And they were pretty blunt about it, like my teachers and principal back then that you had to be here because if you weren't here, we wouldn't get money for you. They wouldn't get federal money um, or state money for the school. Now, what does that mean to me? Nothing, right? Because like, I'm not getting that money, but they needed it in their eyes for fixing the school or whatever, different things. And so they knew, they found out like from the very first month that this thing kicked off, that a lot of kids were having problems. You know, we, we realized for a long time, I work in telecom. That's like my main business. And our infrastructure across the U.S. is not even close to uh, Asia or even Europe. It's, it's really, um, we're getting there, but we don't have as good an infrastructure as them. So what that means is a lot of times where people work at or they live at, um, they may not have good internet. You know, they might not have good speeds. And so that becomes an issue um, when you're given a tablet from L.A. County District, for example, or Orange County, and says, hey, here, you can use this iPad to log into class. And what do you do if you live somewhere that doesn't have Internet? Because there are kids that live places that don't have it or that have really crappy Internet. And now you're telling them to log on or you're telling kids to log in where the parents don't they work. They don't work at home. And maybe they're not there. They don't have babysitters. I don't know. There's a million different reasons. But what she found was saying that there was a lot of kids that weren't logging in at all. And ultimately, right, they should be dropped, right? The way this normally works, they're either dropped, you know, the schools talk to the parents and say, hey, what the heck? You know, why aren't they logging on? And uh, they're either pulled from the class or they're failed or whatever. And in this case, there were kids also that were being that were not doing very well and they were failing them. But she said that the districts were telling them they weren't allowed to, which, you know, like, like I said, that, that benefits no one. So why would you do that? Well, one of the things we've seen, now I'm not saying this is the only thing because there's a million different reasons, but it has been interesting to see how 
you've had people paying taxes on all these different institutions, especially when it comes to schools, and no one's allowed to go to these places. So everyone's paying taxes for something that they're not even allowed to be in the presence of, you know, same thing with universities and all that. So it goes to show that there's something that's really wonky with this. You know, where is this all, where is all this money going? Especially when kids are not getting the education they should be getting. And they're going so far as to just pass kids that should be failing. Well, it, it opens up a bigger can of worms, right? And so my whole thing is like, well, what, what is this? Where is this going? You know, like, where is all this money going to? And why are we still paying for things that people are not getting? You know, and we're seeing problems like that. Like, I don't know about you, man. There was a there was a commercial a couple years ago, or maybe last year or something. And um, I think it was like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember if it was a Geico commercial or something. And there's this guy and he's like, he's with another guy. And they're about to like do a surgery or something like that. And he's like, you got this, man? And the guy's like, eh. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean, man? He's like, yeah, I'm okay at this. You know, like I'm, I'm decent. And they go like, is that what you want? Do you want someone that's like, okay? Or do you want someone that's qualified to do that job? And it starts with kids in school, right? Are they qualified to do this? Like, do they know their times tables? Do they know science? Can they read and write English or whatever? Well, if they can't even do that and we're passing them, then it's a sad state of our school system. You're right. It is backwards. I mean, I don't think people care about, you know, you knowing how to read. You know, your, your, you know, your math, basic math, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just, your qualifications are there if you're a certain type of person, which is sad. You know, it's, it's kind of sad. And I wanted to bring up that whole, uh, you know, the whole, where is our money going? I know in the last segment you were talking about, um, we do get about eight to 10% of the, the, the bills that are, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars of bills that are getting passed for mm -hmm. supposed COVID relief. But you are right. I did hear that. Um, I heard it was about 10%, but if you're getting, if, if you're getting trillions of, of, of dollars passed for your own country and you'll, mm -hmm. and your country gets 10% of that, where is everything else going now that you're talking about the, uh, the benefit of, of, of children and our tax money that's spread that was being spread to the, to the schools before COVID. And, mm -hmm. uh, now they're getting free money. And it's usually, I mean, the, the teachers aren't getting paid anymore. So that's, that money's going somewhere else. You put those two things together along with defunding the police, which is, was our tax money. A lot of places did defund the police. Where is that money going? Because to be honest with you, the communities around me, the, the communities that I go with, I don't see any change. So defunding the police did not work uh, mm -hmm. the way people wanted to. So that's another question, Strider. What do you think? And for all you folks out there, what do you guys think? Where is our money going? Like, I'm not getting any richer. Obviously, the cops are, you know, they're getting defunded. The, uh, the, the school is getting defunded without us even knowing, obviously. And we get about 8 to 10% of this, you know, awesome help money that we've, we've, been, uh, we've been supposedly entitled to, right? Mm -hmm. um, I heard Pelosi say that, you know, that's good enough for, for you guys once. She said that's... that's that's uh, generous enough for you, you know, to get about a thousand dollars 
$1,000 of stimulus money when most places in Orange County cost about 2000 to, you know, 3000 of monthly monthly rent, right? Um, even like the, the, the smaller places like Moreno Valley, Riverside, you know, Orico, the smaller cities, you, you have to pay about an average of 1000 to 1500 a month per rent. So, Strider, where's, where's all our money going, my man? Where, where's, where are they taking our money? Do they have it hostage or what's going on? Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> and um, to be honest, the answer is in those bills. So it's it's interesting. I remember when um, I think it was the first uh, bill that was being passed or was being pushed uh, from Congress to be passed. It was something like uh, I think it was like like one or two billion dollars or, or trillion dollars. Like I said, like this is like pie in the sky money. Like this is like that's so many zeros. I really don't know how many that is. It was like 12 zeros after the one. That's like, that's a joke, man. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's a thousand billions, you know? So right. like when you look at this thing, you go like, okay, well, where did the money go? And you know, the old saying, right? If you want to know the story to everything, follow the money. Right. And mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I remember when that first one was being passed, there was a story. I, I can't remember which Senator, but, one of the senators came out on the floor of Congress and he said, well, we know two places where the money's going in. They looked into the bill really quick because, you know, the saying in Congress, I, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was Pelosi was, we don't even read the bill. We just pass it so we can read it later. And it's like, how does that work? You know, mm. um, especially when there's so many people's lives and money involved in that. And obviously in our case, right, that's, that's money that goes to the deficit, which, you know, now has almost like doubled in the last few years um, from 17 to like 24 trillion or something like that. And, and it's on its way up. Um, and it would have been more, but they actually cut those trillion dollar spending bills a little bit less. But anyways, um, they were talking about this story where one of the things they did know where the money was going for, and this was in the bill. And I thought it was a joke, but, it was for transgender studies and it was in Afghanistan. Well, mm. this was when that bill was being passed. And I'm sure you and I know since then, Afghanistan has completely collapsed. <laughs> it now belongs to the Taliban once again. Right, right. So all those millions of dollars that were part of that, just that one footnote in the spending bill is now gone because the last time I checked, uh, the Taliban was not really friendly towards the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And so where did that go? It it went into someone's pocket, basically. And uh, So do you think uh, with everything being said, you know, the whole disaster of Biden, and, and I mean, a lot of people think it was a good thing that he pulled out the troops because we weren't going nowhere with that. But mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of people, and I do agree with them, um, also say he shouldn't have done it the way he did. You know, we left a lot of valuable things that could bite us pretty much in the ass later on in the future. Um, so with that being said, do you think it has a connection? Maybe, maybe it has a connection, like all, everything, all the money that's been sent out there and all the arms that we pretty much armed them with, right. Technology that they probably didn't even have before, you know, America went out there to um, do surveillance and take care of the country. Do you think there's something odd about that? Um, well, that's, it's a complex scenario, right? So, I remember uh, Trump had actually talked about pulling out like a year prior 
and they set it in motion. They they met with the Taliban and said, like, hey, we're leaving. And uh, they had a lot of demands that were on there saying that, you know, we're going to leave around this time. I think it was June of last year. And um, we would leave, but you guys had to follow certain rules. You know, like you couldn't take Americans hostage and all this other crap. There was a lot of rules that were part of it. Well, obviously, um, we had a different president after that. <laughs> and there was actually a plan that was attached to it. That plan went right out the window. And uh, I'm sure you saw that, that the entire country collapsed in less than a month. It was it was incredible. And, um, you know, honestly, personally, I, I have a lot of problems with what happened. Um, I was able to go there at one time. Um, this is back when I was still in the Air Force. And, um, you know, man, it's it was heartbreaking because um, I when I went out there, we went for medevac and we were pulling out guys that were wounded and stuff. And, um, you know, it's hard to see like, you know, kids that are like and I say kids because I was a little older than a lot of them. These guys are they're blown to pieces, man. You know, I'll. One day I'll tell you the story, man, but like we're on the plane with these guys and they're like bandaged from head to toe. And, you know, and you, you think back about like these guys are going through this stuff. Right. And then flash forward, you know, a few years later and we're freaking flying C-17s out of there with uh, Afghanis trying to flee the country. You know, they're like holding onto the wheels of the plane falling off. And it's, it's just a total disaster. And you're like, how could this happen? I mean, it all starts with, uh, with leadership, right? And um, I just, I could have never imagined that that place would fall like that. And so, you know, when you see something like that, you go like, okay, well, that's bad enough. But the fact that we left, you know, billions of dollars worth of arms and, you know, equipment and stuff that you and I and all American taxpayers have paid for, um, it's really a hard pill to swallow. You know, it's like, well, what did we do all this for? You know, like, could this have happened like any other way? I think, I think it was going to be ugly no matter what, you know, but it didn't have to happen like that. And now not only did we lose, we look terrible, like on the world stage, but, you know, money wise, it's, uh, it's been a disaster and we're going to pay for that. Our kids are going to pay for that. And, you know, your kids' kids are going to pay for that because that was uh, several trillion dollars worth um, that were spent out there in the Middle East. So, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, man. It's a, it's a disaster. Go ahead. Yeah, and to make it worse, you know, like the the international, like, political fallout is, you know, we're seeing right now, right, what's happening in Ukraine, almost, I would say, directly related to that. You know, like, it's pretty crazy, right, um, to see how that happened. And, um, you know, the world keeps turning, right, and things are actually going on, like, out in the world that, um, you know, probably could have been changed a little bit differently. But when you have, like, a political disaster like that, then um, the world notices, you know. And, um, yeah, look, it's just crazy times right now, man. It, it, it again, like I said before, like it makes me wonder with all this other crap, like, are we really still worried about COVID now? <laughs> like, yeah. it's yeah. like gas. I, I just put <laughs> gas a little while ago, 
um, it, it is almost $6 a gallon. And we're on our way there, man. Oh, it's a disaster. And, you know, I don't know about you, man. Whether or not, like, you like the last president or whatever. Up until January 20th of last year, like, gas was under $3 in California. But holy crap, man. It is ridiculous now. And, um, right. and you know, once once that changes right then like the cost of everything goes up it's it's pretty phenomenal man and that's the thing all these decisions that happen especially like at the political level or like at district level with kids and schools and all these things they have long-term effects and um you know we can't just like shoot from the hip and say like oh yeah let's do this now because it feels good like you were talking about right the whole defund the police thing minnesota right minneapolis talked about defunding the police and they did it and guess what crime went through the roof and uh and then now they've actually uh called that back and they're starting to uh request money to come back into the police departments it's like yeah i mean what did you expect you know like <laughs> just because it sounds cute in that 20 second tiktok video that like yeah like social justice and this and that it's like hey it sounds nice right like it's kind of like it's kind of like, uh, and, and I'm just going to go on a rant right here. It's like, like we would have no problem with, with uh, parking tickets if we just got rid of all the police, right? Because they would never be able to issue tickets. But then that leads to a million other problems. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they never look at like the bigger picture, right? The people that push agendas like this. And then when you do that, it's like, well, yeah, like, how are you surprised? Well, maybe if you like, didn't get a free pass in school, then you'd probably learn something, you know? <laughs> right. Um, actually has some critical thought, you know? But, yeah, you know, my grandma, I'll, I'll say this, my my grandma, um, you know, she's from El Salvador, and, um, you know, it was sad, man, when uh, the whole COVID thing started, you know, it was like, okay, well, I guess, like, whatever. And it was almost not long after that, right? Um Maybe because the election year, I don't know, conspiracy, I don't know. But anyways, that's when the uh, the BLM riots started happening and all this stuff started getting pushed, right? You had all this uh, social justice going on. You had a lot of violence around the country, a lot of buildings being burnt um, from, didn't matter which political party you agreed with, uh, just cities burned down all around the country. And uh, a lot of people died. It was, it was pretty nasty. And I remember talking to my grandma about it. And she had fled the Civil War down there uh, in the 80s. And um, I remember I would kind of give her updates on what was happening. And I said, you know, this is this is crazy. You know, these we have people, politicians, politicians, people that like represent whole communities are calling for defunding the police. And you know what she told me? This reminds me of El Salvador because this is exactly what happened down there. When, when the, you had the guerrillas down there pushing for communism, the first thing they did was, the first thing they said was, let's defund the police. Let's get rid of them because they're the problem, right? They're enforcing all these like unjust rules and all these other things. And she was like, this is a total mirror of what was happening down there. And surprise, surprise, like we started going that route. And what a surprise. This, the spikes in violence in the last two years have just been phenomenal i mean you just have i mean you have just complete anarchy in some places 
you know, San Francisco, L.A., you know, like when when the district attorney of L.A., you know, Gascon is telling telling criminals that like, hey, we won't we won't arrest you if you steal stuff that, you know, that's under a thousand dollars worth, you know, like it's OK when they won't prosecute stuff like that. Like you're encouraging violence and crime. And that's what's been happening, man. And it's pretty crazy. And to them, it doesn't matter, right? Because to them, well, they live in a $4 million home in a gated community. But to the average person who's like, you know, that owns a little corner store, they're just going to lose out because why not? And we're seeing it all the time. You know, we're seeing like videos come out like daily of people just robbing stuff from CVS and Walgreens and all kinds of other stores. And that's not prosecutable. Like, what did they expect was going to happen? You know, and um, and here we are. It's like we haven't learned from what other people have gone through at, at some point, especially this whole push for communism right now. That's that's a whole other story. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we're uh, we're pretty spoiled right now as a as a community, not a community, but as a nation. I think we are. I think we, we need to open our eyes. I really do. And see what's what's going on out there. Um, and it's true. I, I agree. This, this, uh, this, na- especially this nation, I'm pretty sure it's, it's just the nation, but I, I do agree with you. I think that um, the nation is getting, is becoming more and more divided into two large sides. Obviously there's a lot of micro groups that are on both sides. Um, but if like, if you guys want to see, if you guys out there want to see what I'm talking about, uh, check out, and I'm not going to, I'm not here to promote it. I just want you to, um, know what both Strider and I are talking about when, when, you know, this, the whole division of people like you and I, people that are in the same class, the middle class, we're in this, uh, we're in this beautiful life or dumb pull together, whatever, however you want to see it. But if you mm-hmm. check out the written out trial, that's where you see, but you'll see both sides exactly how they are. It's people oh, who yeah. are trying to destroy humanity and people who are protecting it, but yet people who are protecting it are usually wrong in society's eyes because, you know, our leaders are, um, are a little off. I mean, I don't want to say too much about, you know, them. Um, but, uh, there's a lot of red, there's a lot of red flags being raised. So if you guys want to see what we're talking about, the division in, uh, at least in the U S look up the Rittenhouse trial and how it happened. And you'll see the two sides that, um, that are battling for basically mankind, you know, and I think it is going to spread outside of the nation. I think it already has. Um, it's just, you know, we just have to give it time for, for all the, uh, the um the ideas the west like they used to say the western ideals um and you know we give it time and they'll go into afghanistan they'll go into other places mm-hmm. um and um i, I just wanted to say i i want to go all the way back to when you were talking about um you know the people who uh who are in ukraine right now in afghanistan and you know i, I my condolences uh you know to all the families that have lost somebody in the war um a wise man once said um when the rich wage war, it's the poor who die. I don't know if uh, if you've ever heard of that. That's actually uh, a good man uh, um, by the name of Mike. Um, he he stated that in one of his. He's actually a musician, and he's right. You know, when the rich wage war, it's it's the it's the poor who die. And a lot of times, I've noticed that when the rich wage war, it's for something. It's something that we we don't we don't really need to wage war for. A lot of times, it's it's you know a power struggle, you know, I want a little bit more land or I want my, my land back when in reality, this isn't even our land. We're going to die eventually. And we become part of the land, right? 
So the, all these fights, I mean, micro fights, like when you're going in the freeway, and you see all these people trying to cut you off and they don't care who crashes, right? These are all, um, these are all power struggles. And it's sad because it is, you know, our loved ones who die. I mean, I've had a couple of, uh, you know, buddies who actually didn't come back from the war. And, and luckily I've had, you know, um, people who have, including, including, uh, including, uh, you Strider. I mean, I'm pretty sure I speak for all of, uh, you know, all the Americans who call this home and love their home, including myself. Um, you know, we're all, we all thank you. We all thank you for your service and all the services of, um, of every soldier out there, because, um, a lot of times you're told that you're fighting for your country, but a lot of times I don't think that that's as accurate as just fighting for your country. If that was the case, I would be in it. I think everyone would be in it, but I think in a lot of cases we're fighting for something different or something. It's hard to say exactly what we're fighting for. Um, um, Pelosi, and this is actually on YouTube and a few other platforms. Pelosi was, uh, I think Twitter as well, but, uh, Nancy Pelosi was caught saying something that kind of raised some red flags. Now, in your opinion, as a, as a person, not, not even an American, but as a person, when you, when you thank someone for their sacrifice, right? Like, listen to that carefully, folks. Thank you for your sacrifice. Usually, who are you thanking? Like, who, who would you usually say that to, Strider? Someone that's given something up. You know, right, for like, somebody else, right? Yeah. Okay, so Pelosi was uh was caught saying thank you for your sacrifice to um I believe his name was George Floyd, right? The guy that uh the big oh. uh, the big um trial yeah. that was going on. I remember so that. Here's, yeah. here's, Here's my thing. This is this is what I want to ask you guys. I'm not leaning towards any side. That's why I want to ask all of you and Strider. What what does she mean by thank you for your sacrifice to a man that in you know mainstream media like CNN, MSNBC, and all these media st- um, outlets um, say that he was assassinated? So when is it, when a person is assassinated or murdered, is that a sacrifice or is that just a murder? What do you think about that? Well. Um... It's a complex, it's a complex answer, right? Because the thing about like this whole George Floyd thing, right? And this, this isn't the first time uh, um, I could get into a story of something that happened. Um, this is back when the whole, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, there was another case like this a few years ago. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think, I think what happened with this whole thing was that we were being spoon-fed basically a storyline of what happened. And this is the whole thing with, um, like I talk about, like you can't, people shouldn't make their decisions on political, you know, uh, subjects or things to do with like crimes or whatever. Um, or even what someone says based on like a 20 second TikTok clip, because the thing is a lot of times it's all context, right? We talked about, uh, last time, uh, Joe, Joe Rogan, right? Uh, they're trying to cancel him for something he said several years ago on different podcasts. And, you know, even if he said what he said, no one ever bothered to look at the context. And when you finally look at the context, it changes the way the story played out. And the whole George Floyd thing, you know, we were being told the storyline, right, of the way things played out. Well, later on, more body cam footage came out and 
more of the story and more of who he was and all these other things, regardless of where you stand with whether it was right or wrong. Um, I think it paints a better picture of what actually happened that day. And I think what she was saying, and uh, I don't even like to say that I'd be putting words in her mouth because a lot of times the people that are saying things, especially with like, you know, cameras, in someone's face 24 seven nowadays. Um, a lot of times these people will let things slip, maybe things they shouldn't have said. <laughs> and I think this was one of those things. And I think what she meant was she was kind of referring to what that meant to them, to that political party, right? That like, thank you for your sacrifice. They, they had nothing to do with them. But you know what? The way that they exploited that situation was one of the most disgusting displays of political exploitationism I've ever seen in my life, man. When you have her and other members of Congress kneeling with, uh, I can't remember what African tribe that was. Remember they had those scarves that they, they were wearing and like 20 Congress members like kneeled, they knelt like somewhere like in the halls of Congress just for a photo op. You know, it was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what does that have to do with that case? You know, but man, they milked that whole situation all the way through. And uh, I think honestly, that's what she was referring to. <laughs> Probably yeah. like, wrong choice of words, but I'm sure she meant that all the way, you know? Yeah, um, there is a couple of, there's a couple of, uh, you know, cookie crumb trails, like I like to call them, if you follow them, which is, you know, it's metaphorical, but if you watch some of her videos, you'll see, you'll catch Pelosi slipping a lot. Not only her, but there's another person in the Senate um, that goes by the name of Maxine Waters, who uh, before the Derek Chauvin trial, she was, this is literally, right, literally telling the people out there that were, you know, part of BLM and Antifa. Um, And I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying this is, this is, literally what happened she was going out there you know asked her um do you think he's gonna he's gonna be uh he's gonna be convicted as as a as a, as a murder right do you think he's gonna be guilty and she literally said you can go watch the video she said um yeah and if he's not we have to you know in in in, in different words i i don't remember her exact words but in different words she said we have to keep doing what we're doing basically you know the riots and all that stuff because we mm-hmm. need to let them, we need to let them know that we're here. Now, I'm, I'm, I've never been in politics, but I would assume that as a politician, you want to try to help Americans. If you're an American politician, right? I mean, I'm just assuming. I, I know I may be wrong. So if anybody out there thinks that I'm that I'm wrong on this, please, please let me know because we're still learning here in uh, planet Earth. But I mean, if if me, the way I would do it as a politician, I would, you know, try to help you know, my, my country, which is America. Right. And then we can help the rest of the world. That's another topic we can go into later, but I mean, I, I really wouldn't care what color you are mm-hmm. and uh, you know, what, what gender you are. Cause obviously feminism is a, is almost as bad as, as, uh, as the whole racism thing that's going around right now. But whether mm-hmm. you're female, male, you know, black, white, pink, purple, I, I, I really, really don't care if you're American and I'm a politician in America, uh, Black lives, white lives, brown lives, yellow, pink, red, they all matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so why is, a, you know, as a politician, if, if you if you follow these cookie crumbs that pol- these politicians, because uh, I've always told you, and before, you know, prior to 
um, to this, I, I told you that, you know, most people that are criminals eventually incriminate themselves. Mm-hmm. So you just, let them, you make them talk, right? You make them talk and eventually they'll just tell you what it is. Um, and again, this is for all you people out there. Um, tell us what you think, please. Uh, follow the link on the description um, to leave us a message and let us know. I mean, let us know. Facebook, we have a messenger, so message us there or directly on the on the podcast description or the podcast uh, platform itself, Anchor, Spotify, and Stitcher for now. But um, yeah, uh, Strider, I mean, do do you do you do you agree that there's a bigger a bigger agenda than than racism and sexism and you know homophobia and all this stuff? Do do you think? Do you think there's th- this is all connected to something bigger? I mean, even the pandemic, right? We see a bunch of red flags, but if we say we see red flags, I mean, we we get canceled. So, so Strider, what's going on, buddy? I mean, what 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 do you think about all this? Uh, well, I look at this in two ways. So, on on one hand, I look at it um, that the reason these things are so out there. It's because we've got nothing else to worry about. And like, I know it sounds like a, a really lame answer, but what I mean is like, let me put it to you this way. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in Newport Beach and uh, this was, um, I don't know if you remember this or, or if you were living around here, but we had quite a few wildfires going on and there was something like four of them going on. There was one down in Malibu. There was one down in San Diego by Camp Pendleton and another one in Orange County and one by Pomona. Anyways, there was a bunch of them raging at the same time. And I remember like going there uh, with my buddy and we went up to this mountaintop out in Newport. And from there you could see San Diego, LA and uh, Orange County. And it was really impressive, man. We're seeing all these fires raging around us and we were in this little cul-de-sac and a bunch of the people that live there, you know, all, we're really richer than I am. They all pulled up, man. And they were like looking at all. And it was, it was interesting. My friend was driving a Civic, right? So we pull up and you just see like Aston Martins and, and <laughs> BMWs and all these like fancy cars, like in that little cul-de-sac. And everyone's just sitting, you know, side by side with each other, just looking at all these, these fires going on. And I'll never forget this guy pulls up in a golf cart, this fancy looking golf cart. And he was like the broest bro you've ever seen, man. Just like, oh my God, look at all these fires. Like, how crazy. You know, he was, just, he was so over the top, man. I'm like, is this guy even real? He looked like, I mean, good, good Lord, man. Like, <laughs> it was like cartoon character. Um, he might as well have been a politician, you know, like these people aren't real, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, there was a forest ranger that was there, like, stopping people from taking the trails because they didn't want anyone to go there in case embers that way and whatever we were far away from everything but you know they were stopping everyone and i remember that guy that bro guy he goes uh hey he tells the ranger he's like is that your viper over there he had a dodge viper and the guy's like yeah and he's like oh okay he's like well why are you asking he goes because i want to buy it man and i'm just (laughs) thinking like Dude, there's literally fires raging around us, man. And you're worried about buying this dude's Viper? Like, this isn't even real. And so I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, like, the way I look at it is when you see things like this, like, they sometimes live in this other world, right? That, like, doesn't exist for you and I. 
<laughs> so, right. so when you see things like this happening, right? Like, why are we worried about all these things about, you know, how people identify in this, that, because we've got no other problems, you know, we're, we've gotten pretty fat, I guess you could say as a country, you know, like there's people that like worry about how they're going to drink water the next day. We don't have that problem <laughs> for the most part. Most, most Americans don't. And right. so when you hear these things, um, it kind of like, in my head, it goes like, good Lord, like, do you understand that like there's people that have real problems out there and that they wouldn't give a sh? I was in Mexico not long ago, man. And I remember, um, this is here at DJ, you know? And I remember I was walking past this, this uh, car dealership and uh, it was on a weekend. There was no one there. And I was just walking past there. I was going to like this bar that I really like to go to. And I, I heard all this like commotion, like the, all the sound coming out of this trash can. And I'm like, what the heck? And I look and there's a dog right there. And out of the trash can, there's like stuff flying out of it. And I was like, what the heck? And I just see like a head pop out of the trash, dude. And there's a guy in there. He's looking for food. And I'm just like, you know what, man? Like, who am I to complain about stuff like this? You know, like, there's people that have real problems. You know, like, there's people that have real around the planet. You know, like, that. that's worse than any of this stuff. Like, are we going to have disagreements or our own thoughts and stuff that, that bother us? Yeah, of course. Are, are people going to have their own prejudices? Sure. You know, I have a friend who, um, his mom... Uh, her, his aunt, sorry. Uh, she said it pretty bluntly, like, she doesn't like black folks, you know? And you would think, like, oh, she's terrible. Like, what a terrible person. Like, why would you say that? Well, if you had taken the time to ask her, you'd, you'd understand. She lived in L.A., or she still lives in L.A. And back in the 80s, um, you know, two black, Ameri- black uh, gentlemen, well, they weren't gentlemen because they broke into her house they tied her up and they robbed the house and she was really close to getting raped. Uh, but some neighbors, uh, they heard the commotion, they came over and the guys just took off and they saved her life. Basically who knows what could have happened. And that stuck with her to this day. And so I think it's really hard to, um, understand that, you know, people's experiences make them who they are, love it or leave it. But until you see someone that's living in a worse condition, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, I have it that bad. You know, it's that running joke, right? First world problems. Well, when you see someone coming out of a trash can just to eat, like, who am I to complain? You know, all this like racism stuff, whatever. It means nothing to that guy because he can barely eat. You know, he's looking for food for him and his dog. So it's all context, man. And, um, Anyways, like, I just find it fascinating that, you know, there's things that that happen here in this country. And I, I honestly believe this, man. And all the years I traveled, um, especially going to other countries where you see a lot of poverty, um, people that are really struggling. You see it here. You see it here in the U.S. If you ever go to really poor neighborhoods, you know, there's, there's people struggling in the hood or out in the, the boondocks and the goonies and all that, like not everyone has it as good, you know, not everyone can even afford to have an iPhone to tweet on, 
you know, there's people that are really, really struggling. So I think because we've had it so good, most of the people you hear banging their drums and being upset don't understand that there's people out there that don't even have it as close to that good. You know, um, like I say, my, my grandma, my dad, when they fled El Salvador for the war, you know, my dad has told me a few stories of the things he saw down there. And, um, you know, he doesn't really like to talk about it. And I totally understand. I said, you know what? My dad came here when he was in his early 20s. And I, I can't even imagine, even in the time I was in the military, I didn't see some of the things he saw. And those were his own neighbors killing each other, you know? And that's terrible. And I think until you have gone through like some kind of struggles like that, it's really hard to understand, you know, that um, maybe you shouldn't be the one complaining, you know? <laughs> and so, right. like I say, it's all context, right? So that's one of the sides I look at it. The other side I think as well is that like people in power in a lot of ways like to stay in power. And one of the ways to stay in power is to basically use people's prejudices for their own benefit. You know, are there problems with people like the way they think between each other? Sure. I mean, everyone's going to have their prejudices. But when you start to exploit that, it's really obvious that you're trying to use that for either political gain or something. I mean, we've been seeing in the last year and a half, right, that all these BLM riots, right, they burned down half the country. They they did all these things. I don't know. I mean, I'm not black, but I haven't seen any black community become better because of those riots. And they've funneled all kinds of money, you know, all this money that was raised from BLM. I mean, it's coming out recently that basically the leaders of BLM took it, bought homes, they spent it on all kinds of things, right? That like had nothing to do with the communities they were trying to protect. So, I mean, it's, it just makes you wonder, like, what was all that about, you know? Um, and we see this happen time and again. It's not the first time in history, and it won't be the last. Um, when you take advantage of the way people feel about each other in order to, uh, to exploit that. And it's, it's pretty sick, man. It's a really sick thing. But I think it is. this is what happens when people aren't educated on these things, that they don't understand that, like, because of, like, one thing that you feel, you can be totally manipulated. You know, and uh, especially the way that things are framed, you know, like, like I said, uh, you know, this whole LGBTQ stuff that's happening right now, you know, the last time this happened, I mean, it probably happened in between then and here, but this happened during the Roman Empire. The same thing happened and it kind of went the same way. You know, they grew so big and so powerful. They didn't really have much to worry about. You know, they were trying to buy a Viper when everything was burning around them. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, this is what we're going to worry about? Like, okay, fine. Like, And now I'm pretty sure you see people caring less and less because people could not afford as much to go out or to eat, you know, because everything's so expensive. I mean, inflation is the highest it's been in, what, like 40 years now? Do you think I give a crap about this? all this stuff happening? Not really. I'm like, can I afford to fill up my gas tank? You know, that's the first thing. Can we eat? We forget that like two years ago when this pandemic started, right? That like people went ballistic, right? Like people went completely nuts buying toilet paper, right? Like I remember going to the store. I didn't see toilet paper for months, dude. 
I didn't even think it existed after <laughs> after for a while, you know. <laughs> like, I didn't see toilet paper. I didn't see meat in the markets. I didn't see canned goods. I didn't see any of this. People went crazy, dude, just like that. And honestly, it makes you think that, like, when reality hits, like, all these other things really matter. You know, like, they're still trying to push this COVID narrative, you know. And we saw overnight that, like, I've been seeing footage out of Ukraine. I saw the, the ex-president of uh, Poroshenko from Ukraine talking on the news today on Sky News. And, you know, I didn't see anyone in that video wearing a mask. Like, they're trying to survive, dude. They're not trying to, like, they could give a rat's ass about that stuff, you know. Right. It's, and I saw the same thing when Afghanistan fall fell i there was some uh some military analyst i remember was talking about it um he was talking about how crazy this was that you're seeing all these afghanis um many of them who helped the u.s at the time right like as interpreters or worked on the bases and stuff whatever they're trying to get the hell out of there and they're crowding the c-17s and they're flying and the one thing you notice from all the photos and footage and there stuff there no one's wearing a mask and Someone asked that guy, that the military analyst, they said, why is it that no one's wearing a mask? He's like, because they don't own TV. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> basically, <laughs> like, he's like, do you think they care about it? They're trying to live, you know? Like, and I know it's, it's kind of like glazing over like a lot of things, right? But when it comes to priorities, like when you have bigger fish to fry, you start caring less about all those other things. So I think this is why... I know it's a long answer, but I think this is why you're kind of seeing all this stuff like kind of get buried, right? Because like, or these things get propped up because to those folks, right? This is the biggest problem in the world. But when like, like I say, when everything's burning around you, like, would you give a crap about that Viper? Probably not, you know? Um, not for the people living in those communities that are burning, right? I'm sure they didn't care about that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I think that actually goes along with what's happening in Ukraine right now. People don't care when they're out here while people this is real. I mean, this I know we see a lot of footage and it looks like a movie, right? All the all these uh news news media outlets, they they show us video of what's happening. And and dude, I, I kid you not, this this reminds me of a video game, you know, Call of Duty, but it it's real. It's mm-hmm. happening. People out here don't realize that. And um I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, until you know, that guy's Viper blows up and catches on fire. He's not going to care about the fire. Yeah. Um, and it's sad to say, I mean, we all go through good things and bad things, but I think the bad things actually make us open our eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are right. This has happened before. I think uh, um, we're way overdue for something to happen because we're too comfortable. As a matter of fact, you know, I was talking to a, a nice young lady that lives in Venezuela and um she uh you know she saw some pictures online and she she asked me she was like um do you have a lot of poor people there you know mm-hmm. and i was like well yeah i mean we have folks that are poor i mean the, the lower classes you know that's that's considered borderline um borderline uh you know poor and borderline middle class i guess you can say that and then she asked me well no no i mean do you have a homeless people there because i've seen a lot of pretty girls with ripped pants and she showed me the picture and it was a regular girl i mean you know the 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 trend today you know where girls wear ripped pants and they, oh, they'll yeah. spend 60 bucks yeah. to, to rip pants and that's a trend yeah. she was talking about that bro she was asking me if that girl was homeless 
Yeah. Oh, oh no, that's the trend that we have here in America. And she was like, that's horrible because here, if you have ripped pants, that means you can't afford regular pants. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy. It blew my mind because I was like, I've dated some of these women that women from other countries consider homeless. You know what? Like I've, I'm friends with them and I never really asked my friends that are girls that love wearing ripped pants uh-huh. if they, how much they spend on the pants. I think we're just so caught up on, 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 on things that we shouldn't be caught up on. Um, and like you said, the whole, the, the whole story with the guy with the Viper, you know, there's disasters happening around us. We just, we're too comfortable. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of, um, it kind of reminds me of, a, of like when a dog escapes, right? He has a, a horrible owner. That's garbage to, to the poor dog and the dog escapes. Um, the only thing the owner has to do is swing a big piece of steak in front of the dog and the dog will come back most mm-hmm. of the time. That's it. Mm-hmm. Sprinkling people with, uh, you know, a lot of a stimulus checks and a lot of, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to help out um, minorities and we're going to help out this or that. But what about the big picture? Like what's happening behind the, the scenes? You know, that's something that, that I don't think a lot of us will know yet. I honestly because- think re- required, like every American should be required to travel at least once in their life. And, and yep. probably to a place that's not that nice. And they would completely change their mind on how things work because mm-hmm. like they don't live in reality. A lot of people they live, like I say, they live on this TikTok. There's this, uh, there's this channel. I don't know if you ever seen this guy, Joey B Tunes. Have you ever seen that guy? I've heard of him, but I've never really looked him up. Dude, he's hilarious, man. I'll, I'll send you the link sometime. But this guy, uh, he like likes to show like people how they're acting. Um, like he he started like blowing up because he was showing people that are like TikToker, TikTokers and influencers. And if you're listening to this and you are, no offense. <laughs> but like but like it's funny you'll see people like out there putting this stuff on display but it isn't reality right um there was this was during the blm riots he filmed this girl that was out during the riots and um she had like a little photo she had a photo and she had like a video where she was like painting like i don't know some wall and like st louis or something like that it's like oh look at me like i'm a part of this movement you know i'm cleaning up the city and stuff but it turns out that like she she took the paint like the the brush or the roller i mean um from someone that actually was doing it she just asked hey could i get a photo with that you know and they're like okay and he was filming them and then she gave it back to the dude and then she just like walked away and got into her suv and left and it was like yeah, you saw a lot of people doing that. Where like they want to show that they're doing something, but they're not really doing shit. Right, you know? right. It's all an image. It's all and it's an not image. reality. Yeah, it's not reality at all, man. It's like we saw. I think this was one of the craziest things that 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 I remember this happening, and I don't think people realize how bad it could have gotten. Um, we saw right at the beginning of this thing. We talked about you know the toilet paper and how like right. crazy it was. Um, and like I say, it was toilet hand sanitizer. You know, there was some guy in like Tennessee that 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 had like seventy five hundred bottles or something of it, and they ended up like arresting him because like he was hoarding it or something, <laughs> <laughs> because he was only supposed to have so much, and he like bought all kinds of stuff and hoarded it, and yeah, it was like this whole thing. 
And then he was trying to resell it for like higher than it really was. You know the old saying, right? Like I said, don't let a good disaster go to waste. Like there's yeah. money to be. And um, anyways, I remember at the time and people, I don't know if people just choose to forget this stuff or they just didn't know. But um, I remember this was like either mid 2020. I think it was around mid 2020. And there were stories coming out of uh, Tyson, Tyson chicken. And I think one or two other big processing plants that uh, we're talking about, they were, they were about to go bankrupt and they were going to close down. And you would think like, Oh, what's the big deal? Like there's chicken all over the place. You know, it's like, well, what people don't realize, like, especially when it comes to food, dude, the food supply, the way that like the food system works is so fragile. Um, everything runs on supply and demand, right? So what happened at the time was they were saying that they were probably going to go bankrupt. And you would think like, why? What's Why would they just one day go bankrupt? Well, it turns out that because of the lockdowns and the forced closures of all these restaurants, many of whom like were not allowed to open because of health concerns, all the orders that they would normally have for all that check-in and all that stuff just went to waste. So there was footage coming out from those companies and all the farms and all kinds of stuff all over the place that you had companies that were dumping this stuff. They were dumping milk. They were dumping, you know, chicken carcasses. They were getting rid of all kinds of food all over the place. I don't know if you, if you remember this, but it was actually a disaster, you know, like all these companies were about to go bankrupt because it was cheaper to throw it away. You would think like, Oh, well that's uh Let's just give this all to like all the people that need it. No, but that that's the problem. The world runs on business, right? You cut that business out and now they can't make profit. They don't make profit. That business has no reason to be open. And so all these companies were about to go bankrupt. And that was going to be disastrous because those companies also supply food to the different supermarkets. Well, you know, the president at the time uh, jumped in. And under like an emergency war act or something, uh, was able to uh, keep those companies going. But people didn't realize that at the time that we were close to having like basically a good portion of our food system collapse. And I don't know about you, man, but like I don't know how to farm. You know, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people don't either. You know, and if that doesn't keep going the way it does, people would would lose their crap. Cause I remember dude, like at the time, you know, you had, um, a lot of, uh, supermarkets that were out of everything, dude. I didn't see meat on, on a market shelf for a long time. People were hoarding meat, like I said, canned goods, um, uh, basically all toilet paper, hand sanitizer, all that stuff was gone everywhere. Uh, a lot of water. Uh, I remember I, I was talking to my mom at the time. She's like, you know, I don't go to Costco. I don't have a membership. She was telling me, she's like, I went to Costco and people are going nuts. They're like elbowing each other for water bottles and stuff like that. And I'm like, imagine if that, that supply stopped. Can you imagine then what people would do? Put people against the wall, especially when it comes to resources. And do you think they're going to be talking about LGBTQ stuff? Nah, dude. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna kill you for that bottle of water. You know? Scavengers. And we were almost there. A scavenger, everyone. Oh, yeah. And that's, people will do anything to survive. And if we get to that point, man, like we're in big trouble. And I think mm -hmm. this is where 
it's really dangerous, you know, to be playing these games, you know, especially like all these political games, because it's really fragile, man. All these systems are connected, you know, they're connected not just here, but around the world. And uh, if one of these dominoes collapses, then it's really bad. I remember uh, when it is Mother's Day is in May, right? Yeah. Uh, so I remember I was watching this story because uh, I, I watch news sometimes internationally, and and there was a story out of I think it was I don't remember if it was Venezuela or Panama. I think it was Panama, and uh, they were talking to someone out there in Panama that um, their business was growing flowers, and people a lot of people don't like to ask where their stuff comes from. Right. It just appears. Right. So they were interviewing this guy who uh, grows flowers and he was talking about how disastrous it was for him because all his Mother's Day orders, all the flowers and stuff, um, they weren't fulfilled. So he had to destroy all kinds of crops that he had. And that was his main mainstay in money. Those flowers being grown in Panama were being shipped here for Mother's Day. That's a whole chain of businesses and people that were not going to make that money so it was really disastrous like when i say covid was you know probably one of the worst disasters in human history human caused you know <laughs> um, right. it's at every level and this thing has gone on for so long and affected so many people that um you know it's that saying like the cure shouldn't be worse than the actual disease you know, and right. um, and this is where we're at. And yeah, it's it's unfortunate that like all these um, all these political things have happened at the same time. You know, but they're all somewhat connected, man. And it's all about like, you know, I'll shake my hand over here while you don't look what's happening over here, right? While they're robbing us blind, you know, they're um, right. they're telling you that you still got to pay all these taxes, but at the same time, like you're not going to get all the benefits from before. And at the yeah. same time, like, if you're a business owner, you're forced to close, you know, like business is bad. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to go, but if we had gotten to that point where the food supply did get messed up and it was almost there, this is why the whole trucker convoy is so important, right? Like I'm behind it because like people, you know, you hear people talking about like, hey, why don't they just get the shot? Like, what's the big deal? It's like, this isn't, like, as simple as that. This is more of, like, not just what is happening, but what could happen down the road as well, you know? And this is why, you know, we have Canada going ballistic. You know, you have Justin Trudeau coming out and saying, this is just a small fringe minority of people that are over here in Ottawa, you know, complaining about this stuff. It's so such a small fringe minority that they have to invoke emergency war powers to stop these people. You know, they're afraid of them because no one likes to think about it. Right. But like in order for you to eat that hot pocket that you're eating, it took a long chain of events and truckers and all kinds of people to put these things together to get that to you. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I definitely, definitely encourage people to speak up, man. I mean, I know I've I've told you before that, um, and you actually this whole this whole time you've been stating this idea. Uh, people don't know what they have until they're actually in that mess. 
if you have a voice, use it. You know, we're here. If you have anything to say, we're here. Um, this show, the First Amendment talk show, is not going to cancel you. It's not going to judge you. That's God's job to judge you, not mine, not anybody else's. Um, and I was telling you, Strider, um, that even people who 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 can't speak, um, deaf mutes, you know, we they they have things to say. They just can't use their voice. And I think uh, we just feel like we're entitled to. We feel comfortable, basically, right? We feel too mm -hmm. comfortable. Don't remember what we have. All our blessings. If we start counting them, we'll realize that we're super blessed to have a voice. And most of us don't use it, whether it's out of fear or out of um, just not wanting to. At the end of the day, you know, you want to talk. You want to say something. There's there's always things flowing through our minds and and whatnot. But um, that whole thing that we were talking about, uh, that you were talking about earlier, I think that divide. I mean, I call that divide uh, the divide between empowering the people and overpowering the people um we're all lambs not in a political way but uh i know they have left wings and right wings in the political side of things but i see it as 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 the left side and the right side again non-political and mm -hmm. uh, one side is basically being overpowered and the other side is being empowered and mm -hmm. we're being empowered not by our leaders but by each other um i wanted to bring this up too because we we're talking about it earlier and um when this whole BLM thing was going on and all this racism and all this, you know, uh, white privilege and this and that, um, mm -hmm. most of it, and this is what people don't realize that most of it was, 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 uh, was the news because I've been around, like I've always, you know, I've, I've jumped from state to state in, 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 in this beautiful nation. And, and, um, of course there's going to be, uh, differences, you know, in, uh, in actual places as you go to actual states you go to, but, I never saw, you know, white people killing black people in the streets. I never saw, you know, while I was at work, I never really saw any type of real division, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for all you folks out there, we, we have to wake up. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I am saying before you follow um, the news, before you follow social media, put it to the test. Because if you don't, you may be wrong. Um, racism is... is, is really isolated nowadays um and it's not as a nation i've never seen the nation less racist than it is today um you know i, I haven't lived for that long but since i've been alive i've never been i've never seen the nation less racist than it is today mm -hmm. um so the whole thing about racism going around and you know white cops killing black innocent black folk that's a lie ladies and gentlemen that's a lie and if it's true it's very isolated it's they're isolated um situations where a person might have uh, some sort of feelings towards somebody. And that's when the whole, you know, physical, all the physical features come out, right? If you hate somebody, you don't realize they're black or white or short or tall or female or male until you feel some type of way about them, right? Whether you're in the freeway or not. And then your, your mind starts going. In reality, folks, there's really from all the colors that we've learned in the kin in kindergarten and first grade, I've never really seen a person that's uh, black or white. That's actually uh, the colors that I've learned and many of us learned back in kindergarten. I think that's another uh, mind screw or, or, or uh, you know, they're screwing with their minds when it comes to division. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that some of us are just darker than others and mm -hmm. some of us are lighter than others. And that's just it. But the whole labeling thing about black and white, I think that was something that if it never really happened that way, the division wouldn't be as large. Um, I think this whole you know, black versus white thing that's going on. I think it's all in your mind. 
you know, because I've, I've actually known people that consider this, themselves black who are actually lighter than a lot of white folk and a lot of, you know, people who consider themselves white. I think it's all in your mind. I think whatever side you choose, um, that's the side you're going to be in. I mean, I can't stress it enough. I mean, the whole white and black and brown and yellow and pink, that shouldn't matter because we're all human in, in, at the end of the day. Um, with that being said, Strider, I mean, we are unfortunately running out of time for this episode, but I definitely, it would be an honor to have you back because I know, and you know, that both of us have a lot to say still <laughs> about mm-hmm. the world today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you can honor all of us um, for the next episode, we'll make a part three when it comes to the the state of the world and how we, we, we need people to wake up and not be... Um, not be the lambs that are taken towards the wrong side rather than right. the right side. We're all lambs. We're all children. We're all babies. Um, we all have opinions. So I do welcome you. Um, Strider, any, any last thoughts when it comes to, to the, the state of the world for today? Yeah. Um, well, again, you know, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure and uh, I'll, I'll come on anytime. So if you ever want to talk about something um, by all means, man, let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I just want to touch on that last thing that you're talking about, um, about the whole racism thing. And, um, and, you know, one thing I will say, and, and I encourage people, um, and this is everyone, to really sometimes step back from, like, what you know and maybe look at the bigger picture. Because the funny thing is, to me it's funny, because when you start looking at, like, let's say racism, I think it's kind of a loaded term, but, you know, when you look at that, when you start talking to people from other countries, especially, they have no idea what you're talking about. You know, like it's such a different thing here in the U.S. How it's su- super hyper focused compared to other places around the planet. They don't see things like that at all. You know, I have a friend that uh, he's from Mexico, and um, I remember we were talking about it one time, and he was just telling me he's like, I don't understand like how you guys are so focused on like skin color all the time. He's like, Yeah, you know, of course you're gonna have people like call each other Moranita or Prieto or whatever, like whatever. But like no one ever takes it like offensive, you know, it's just, these are just terms of like how people are seen, right? Like a wedo or something like, but you know, he said, I never really experienced that when I lived in Mexico. And you know, if you ever been there, like <laughs> not everyone looks like, you know, uh, the guy on like the Alberto's logo, right? That's like <laughs> super dark with the sombrero and bullets across their chest. Uh, that's from a hundred years ago, but apparently we all look like that down there. <laughs> <laughs> I I find that hilarious. It's like, yeah, not cactus isn't everywhere in Mexico. You know, Mexico is a lot of jungle as well. But anyways, um, he was from Chiapas down in the south, and he told me that for years he lived in Tijuana. Um, he, he moved there, uh, when his mom got a job there, like later on in life and, and, uh, he lived there about half his life. And he's like, you know what? I never experienced like any prejudice. The only thing that I ever felt was that people didn't like me because I was from a different region and we were all the same color. We all looked similar. Right. But it was like, you're from that place, you know? And I would encourage people to, you know, maybe sometimes like step out of their bubble and be like, well, does this, is this even a real thing, right? It's like when people talk about, um, you know, let's say climate change, for example, you know, like, oh man, climate change is, is crazy over here. 
Um, but you live in the desert, you know, like, well, maybe go another 500 miles the other way in the mountains and ask them what they think, you know, probably a different thing. So I think sometimes like stepping back and looking at the bigger picture and maybe even looking at how other people live can kind of open your eyes to, to the way that things actually work. Because sometimes it isn't the way you think it is. Um, you know, I remember a couple years ago, um, there was a, uh, uh, there was a cartoon out of Mexico called Memín Penguin. I don't know if you ever heard this, um, but yeah. it was a cartoon from like back in the twenties or something. It, it was really old cartoon and it's caricature of a little black kid, you know? And like, I remember my mom like telling me about it. Cause we saw the stories at the time. This is about 10 years ago. And there were people here trying to cancel it, you know, like, Oh, let's, let's erase all mention of Memín Penguin. And I remember the president of Mexico coming out saying like, you know, basically go screw yourselves, you know, like, like <laughs> we had never even thought of that, like in a bad terms, you know, it was like, yeah, you're going to have some people that are not going to like it and stuff, but it's more, um, it's just a footnote in history. And I think sometimes that we kind of become hyper-focused on things that, you know, don't make any sense. You know, you and I grew up in a time when, you know, we had the Power Rangers, dude, and they were all different people, different colors. Surprisingly, we even had an Asian person on there, which you never see on TV, you know? <laughs> and uh, right. we grew up with, like, movies that had a lasso back then, which you don't see anymore, you know? And and if it was, no one cared. It was just, here's a story, a movie about, you know, someone and a group of people, and it didn't matter that they just happened to be, you know, a certain color. It was just they're another person and they're there to be a part of that story. And I really missed that. Right. I really missed that. Like we could, we were, at least I thought we were past that, man. Like we're not blind. We know we have differences, but we don't hyper-focus on it so much so that we're going to impose our own prejudices on those people. It's dangerous. So I just encourage everyone to step back, maybe uh, become more open to, you know, like, um, seeing how other people live and maybe, you know, getting a chance to go somewhere outside of this country and seeing, you know, how they see things. Yeah. I just encourage everyone to, you know, maybe uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, and then uh, maybe get out there, visit the world, talk to each other, you know, like understand like the other person's plight, especially if they got it pretty bad, you know, um, just be more open to uh, be willing to listen instead of just talking. Right. I hear you. That's beautiful, man. That's, that's, I, I'm usually not, uh, don't lean to the left or to the right in conversations on the show, but that I a hundred percent agree with. Sometimes you do have to just step back, man. Sometimes you don't know how bad somebody has it until you live and, uh, live in their shoes at least for, at least for a month or so. And I totally agree. I do agree with all that. There's a lot of stuff that we believe is racist today when and you know back before the uh the eight maybe before the 70s you know it was something it was comical you know and a lot of people didn't realize that um i guess all i'm gonna say you know just learn how to pick your battles folks because um sometimes we pick battles that that are just not necessary um i've actually i got into it with with somebody talking about racism a couple i didn't really get into it it was it was more of a talk it was a chat talking mm -hmm. about how you know this was an uh, an African American person, um, mm -hmm. 
and we he was he was talking about it was about a guy and a girl and they were talking about how you know america's racist and this and that and i asked him what what makes you what makes you feel that way and the girl said um well out of all the this is crazy this this actually made me laugh and i think it kind of irritated them because to me it's stupid but to them they were really into it so the girl said um there hasn't been and and keep in mind i don't watch these shows okay but she was talking about some show called the bachelorette or something like that how they yeah. haven't had a, a black girl on that show until season whatever after six or seven it was like another season right? she said that they don't have a, a black princess in disney and then the guy told me see and then they, they the only out of all the presidents we've had there's only been one black president mm-hmm. and i was there you know kind of giggling at the whole you know disney princess some bachelorette show mm-hmm. and i asked i'm like have you realized that there hasn't <laughs> been one mexican president one asian yeah. president one yeah. russian president there hasn't been any other race as a president in the united states mm-hmm. and i mean you take you take pride in, in obama which I, I thought obama was pretty cool you know um but you make that a battle like how how does that how is that a winning battle when you actually had one that you would that you call your own? I thought he was I was one of his own too because I'm American, right? But they kind of held uh, held him hostage into saying that he, that's that's one of their that's what that's their that he was in their team, right? When I thought he was in the American team, but whatever, you know, he said <laughs> he said that Obama was in their team, and they've only had one president. And I asked him, I'm like. Well, how many Mexican presidents have we had here in America? How many Asian presidents have we had? How many Indian presidents from India have we had or Hindu presidents? Like, answer me that. And do you see anybody else complaining about things like this? No, because some people feel like they're entitled. And I think it's sad that, you know, the the people who are creating all this mess um, are targeting the black communities. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're targeting them because of all the turmoil that we've had in the past. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a lion, uh, a pride of lions hunt, but they hunt big game because the pride is usually large. Mm-hmm. Now, when they hunt, their favorite food is a as a water buffalo, right? The water mm-hmm. buffalo weighs on average around three times more than the lioness, which the lionesses usually hunt. So, what do they do? And we all do this, if folks out there. We all do this. We all look for opportunity, but it depends on what type of what which way we go, right? Some people are. Are you know go to the, the they they create an opportunity where they hurt people, and other people mm-hmm. create an opportunity for success, and so on and so forth. So the lions, um, they hunt. They don't. They never hunt the bull because the bull they the bull will kick their ass. Right. This guy is like, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Pee Wee. Right. That's how the the lion is, the big water buffalo look. Um, they always hunt the weak, the young, or the old. Mm-hmm. Now imagine this out there in strider imagine this if you're a politician if you're part of the elites if you're part of the people who are um, probably brainwashing folks who are you going to go for you're going to go for people who have been slaves before in the u.s right people who who still feel some have feelings you know bad feelings about like they like to call them white folk and that's usually black folk females because obviously females have been pushed you know pushed down for many years and they've been uh sidekicks for many years right and mm-hmm. even though we never really saw them as sidekicks i mean maybe isolated uh incidents but yeah i do agree that uh back in back in the um 
ancient times, we, women or females couldn't even speak amongst men. So I understand. Right now, though, females have the opportunity to do whatever they want. But they're still pushing them to that point where you have to hate men because men have are still pushing you down. To be honest with you, personally, me, I love females. I think without females, I wouldn't be the uh, the gentleman that I am. You know, mm-hmm. they're like a gem of the universe. And um, but they're teaching these young girls to 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 hate us. And who else do you go for? You go for people who who are sexually attracted to their own type. Now, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say one thing about that. What I I have. I have uh, gay friends, mm-hmm. and these are gay friends who obviously, um, during their life, they 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 started liking you know g- uh, guys or girls of, their, of the same gender, um, but they don't go out there telling everyone or, or they don't celebrate their sexuality because that's their business, mm-hmm. right? Like your sexuality, bro, it is your business. That's what you do behind the scenes. We don't need to celebrate that and tell kids that it's okay to be like me. You let that child be whoever he wants. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on right now. Um, so I'm, I just wanted to add to what you were saying. I think you do need to say that sometimes, sometimes you could be wrong. You know, sometimes you could be wrong. And sometimes um, you, uh, a lot of people, a lot of folks, a lot of, a lot of uh, folks' minds, including my own can be clouded. I don't, I don't uh, discount myself from any uh, conversation because I'm part of part of the herd. We call humans, you know, we're all in this together. Um, our minds do get clouded. Um, so yeah, step back. Like Strider said, step back and think about it and learn how to pick your battle. Sometimes you go into battle thinking you're going to win something, but at the end of the day, I mean, lives can even be lost at times. So, um, so yeah, that's right. all I wanted to add to Strider's, uh, um, Awesome information. Strider's a, a very intelligent man, and hopefully we can have him back on the next uh, episode. Um, and we can continue this talk about what's affecting the world uh, today. I just wanted to let all of you guys know out there that uh, Str- or remind you guys out there that Strider does have a magazine. It's pretty awesome talking about uh, culture and, uh, you know, the awesomeness of what the world, what he's seen you know, all the awesome places that he's seen around the world. I encourage you guys to check it out so you can uh, leave all that CNN and MSNBC and social media stuff, uh, news, negative stuff behind and check out his magazines. Um, magazine is Spectrum, right? Strider Spectrum Magazine. Yes, sir. Spectrum with a K. <laughs> Spectrum with a K, ladies and gentlemen. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, check it out. I mean, I'm going to put the link on the description of the episode if any of you guys want to check it out. And again, um, you leave the judge, just leave the judging to God. I mean, just try to learn from each other and use your voice. Cause a lot of people, you know, have something to say out there, um, but are afraid to don't be afraid to come on the show. Uh, rule number one. And my only rule is respect. Um, if you want to come to the show, you will be respected and you will respect and vice versa. And if we, if we practice that, you know, we'll learn a lot more. Um, if you guys want to join us, uh, you have any questions, answers, or, or comments, again, just uh, go to the platforms of Anchor, uh, Spotify, and Stitcher for now, and go down the description of the actual show. You'll see a couple of links where you can message us. We have a Facebook page as well, First Amendment Talk Show, at First Amendment Talk Show on Facebook. And again, folks, love is where it's at. You know, we can't judge each other if we don't know what each other's life is about. Strider, again, I want to thank you, my my friend, for uh, um, for doing what you do and doing and and doing what you. 
all you military men out there, I mean, keep strong and uh, know that no matter, you know, what you're doing out there, uh, while you, you the idea of protecting the country, that's that's good enough. Protecting your family, protecting your friends and people around you. I mean, you guys even protect the uh, people who feel entitled to everything, right? So God bless you guys, man. Uh, with that being said, I love y'all. Don't forget um, that love is where it's at. You don't you don't uh, you don't put out a fire with more fire. You put out a fire with water. So love y'all and uh, please be safe. And I will see you on the next time. God bless.